Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sleepy Knots podcast. I want to apologize up front because last week um, I, I was planning on posting an episode and I didn't. And I don't, don't, bleh, and I don't normally do a whole lot of personal stuff on here. But my youngest kiddo had some um, medical stuff he needed addressed and, and he's fine. He's healthy. He's, he's amazing. But um, we had a bunch of medical appointments last week and so it just didn't happen because life got in the way. So I'm sorry about that. I hope that this week's episode will sort of make up for it. So first things first, I'm recording from my new studio, AKA what used to be my sewing room and my wonderful husband went ahead and soundproof for me. And I got a new soundproofing vocal box and, and hopefully it'll just take care of some of those background noises like babies screaming and dump trucks going up and down my hill and all that stuff that takes you out in the moment. Um, hopefully this is a much nicer experience. We're stepping it on up for 2021. <laughs> um, so I just want to put it out there that this week's episode is in fact about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, and I normally would never write something about someone who is so out of the stratosphere famous, but I have a soft spot in my heart for the rock. I love him. I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for him as a father and a philanthropist and a performer. So, you know, I decided I was just gonna, I was gonna swing away this week and, and go for it. So yeah, let's just dive in, shall we? This week's episode is called Dwayne Johnson and the Lighthouse. When he was the rock, he was invincible. He was brimming with confidence and attitude and all the things that made him the best wrestler to ever grace the Monday Night Raw stage. When he made the seamless transition to being Dwayne Johnson movie star, he became so much more. He's a philanthropist, a father, and the whole world loved him. So when he was presented with the opportunity to spend three months learning how to be a lighthouse keeper for the role that he knew would garner him an Oscar, he did not dare pass it up. Dwayne Johnson would miss his wife and his children. He would miss the sweet, sweet taste of a Big Mac, but most of all, he would miss the streaming delights of never-ending Wi-Fi. But if he was going to go full method for his role as Abraham Twinklebum, Swedish hero, he needed to walk a mile in that man's tiny Swedish shoes. Abraham Twinklebum garnered fame in the early 1940s when in the midst of a particularly bad nor'easter storm, he was able to guide a ship filled with Irish orphans to safety using only his light and his heart. Not much was known about the lonely lighthouse keeper other than he was a lover of pickles and klezmer music and the sea. Those were the tools that Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be taking with him to the remote lighthouse at the end of a craggy jet on the coast of Maine the same one that Abraham Twinklebaum had lived and died in. When his driver dropped him off, he looked at the derelict lighthouse with a twinge of regret tugging at him, but he pushed forward knowing that this would be his moment in the bright sunshine reflected off the sea. He would become the small Swedish man inside and out, much like Daniel Day-Lewis had become Abraham Lincoln. The first week, he ate nothing but the dill pickles he had bought and listened to the records of klezmer music that had been left behind in storage at the lighthouse. Dwayne Johnson spent his days and nights studying any and every book he could find on lighthouse tending. 
who studied the tides and all the ancient mariners that were protected and trusted as lonely lighthouse keepers. After a long week of fighting mind-numbing boredom and silence and earth-shattering diarrhea from only eating pickles, Dwayne Johnson was ready to throw in the towel. He learned all the in and outs of the light, which was turn the switch on and don't turn it off. He never wanted to see another pickle for the rest of his life, and he was ready for the sweet home cooking of his wife and the sounds of his children. But he was no quitter. Every time he thought about going home early, he imagined his Oscar-accepted speech and rubbing that golden statue in Kevin Hart's weasley little face, and he smiled. No, today was not the day he'd be going home early. Since it was daylight, Dwayne Johnson decided to head out to the sea to catch him something to eat. It was in his blood, after all, his people were Samoans, strong warriors of the ocean. So as he headed down to the rocky shore with a whittling knife and a dream of a cod dinner, he set out to spear a fish that he could fry up. He found a large stick and set about fashioning himself a proper spear while whistling the theme song for Maud that had been stuck in his head since, I don't know, 4 a.m. whenever he woke up from an erotic dream about B. Arthur in the early hours of the morning. After a few unsuccessful attempts at getting a proper fish, he decided to aim a bit lower and search for a lobster. The bottom-feeding trash monsters were not his favorite food, but anything that didn't taste like a pickle would be just fine by him. With only a few tries, he managed to spear one the size of a Pomeranian, and as he lifted it in victory to the skies, he reached out a hand towards the beast without thinking, and with one swift motion, that craggly little bastard reached out and pinched the shit out of his pinky finger. Dwayne Johnson screamed out with rage and pain and acting on pure instinct. He thrust the spear back into the ocean. Damn it! He yelled and cursed himself for not thinking that particular move through more. There went his dinner. He clenched his hand tightly as he walked back to the lighthouse. The lobster had taken a chunk out of his favorite finger. The pinky on his left hand had always been his favorite. He found a fabric bandage in the medicine cabinet in the lighthouse bathroom and then set out to find something to eat. The fridge was empty and so were the shelves in the pantry with one exception. Crab brand Navy biscuits, he said when he spotted the large tin box with a yellow label and a little crab on it. These must be shelf-stable enough to survive an atomic bomb, he thought to himself, and he pulled the lid off. Inside were several small packs of large white crackers, and with his stomach rumbling, he dove right in. The first bite of cracker was so hard it almost broke his tooth, but once he was able to wet them a little with his saliva and suck on them a bit, they went down easier. He ate cracker after cracker until he was no longer able to fit one more in his wheat-bloated stomach and laid down for a nap. When he woke hours later, his head felt foggy and his limbs were as heavy as logs. He glanced down at his throbbing hand and saw that blood had soaked the bandage. As he stood to change it, he slipped on an empty pickle jar that he hadn't even seen hiding in the darkness and twisted his ankle yelping in pain as he lay on the floor staring up at the dark ceiling his thoughts twisted in the quiet house at what once may have sounded simply mad seemed to make perfect sense all of a sudden all Dwayne johnson needed to do was heal his injured finger well that was easy all he had to do was harness the spirit of the very essence of the lobster that had done him harm not being able to make it to the bathroom on his swelling ankle to find a new bandage he pulled off his sock and put it over his hand. He then pulled the string from his hoodie and wrapped his socked hand so that it resembled a lobster claw. 
His vision had started to sparkle and bursts of color were vibrating off everything that was illuminated by the moonlight in the dark room. Once in high school, Dwayne Johnson had drunk a whole bottle of Robitussin on a dare, and this was pretty similar to how that had been. Glancing down at his bad ankle, the solution came to him. He should harness the power of the mermaids to heal his torn muscles. Mermaids didn't even have ankles, so they couldn't have ankle injuries. Thus, if he harnessed mermaid healing powers, he would be fine. It made perfect sense to him. He wasn't quite putting two and two together that he wasn't himself, but he didn't question it. He pulled his hoodie off and shoved both of his legs into the bottom of it, nestling his feet into the soft cotton hood and cinching it safely around his waist. Hey, a small calm voice said from nowhere yet everywhere all at the same time. Who's there? He clamored. It's, it's me. He rubbed his eyes and tried to focus on who me was and suddenly from out of nowhere, a tiny B. Arthur emerged from the shadows of the floorboard and smiled. B. Arthur? One in the same, genius, she said with her famous dry wit. What are you doing here? I'm here to help you, unless you don't want it. Oh, no, no, I, I do, I do. What, what are you going to do to help me? Well, first, what you want to do is text your friend Kevin Hart a picture of your butt. And then I'll take you to meet the Rat King. He lives in the cellar downstairs, and he can heal all of your ailments. With no good reasons coming to mind for him to object, he shrugged and pulled out his phone. It's not as easy as you might think taking a picture of your own butt without the use of a mirror, but Dwayne Johnson did his best and hit send, and then followed the six-inch tall B. Arthur from the room, which was easier said than done with his lobster hand and hoodie mermaid legs. He drug himself with one good arm out the front door and outside into the rain and the wind. He paused on the front porch, asking tiny B. Arthur, how much further to the cellar? Uh, around the back of the house, and there will be two doors into the dirt room and some stairs that go down, ju just a little further down. He shrugged and again asked no questions. Who was he to defy B. Arthur? Pulling his hulking, muscular body was quite a task, and he took breaks often and was relieved when B. Arthur didn't offer any words of mocking for it. Halfway through the yard, he decided to take a small break and close his eyes. When he opened them again, it was because he felt someone poking at his ribs with the toe of their shoe. Sir, are you all right? What? What? Where's B. Arthur? She was taking me to the Rat King for healing of my lobster hand and my merman tail. Merman, manliest merman tail ever. Um, Mr. Johnson, I presume. Yeah, that, that looks like you. Okay, we got a call that we needed to do a welfare check. Your friend was very worried. Apparently you texted him something last night. Um, I'll go ahead and call an ambulance and we'll get you all taken care of. Do you remember what happened to you yesterday? Did anything out of the ordinary happen? I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, I ate these crackers from the pantry and then when I woke up from my nap, everything seemed kind of shiny and... B. Arthur was here and she stepped out of the shadows and then we were going to go see the Rat King and... The police officer cut him off. You, you didn't eat the Navy crackers, did you? Were they in a big tin? Yeah, why? Ugh, there was a batch we got on the island like 15 years ago, probably about the last time this lighthouse was used. And they were all recalled because they were tainted with poisonous mold. You've probably been hallucinating all night long, Mr. Johnson. You owe Kevin Hart a big thank you. Had he not called us, you could have killed yourself crawling around out here in the mud like a, like, like, like what, like a worm? 
Like a merman, you son of a bitch, he shouted at the cop. Well, either way, you should be thankful. You tell Kevin Hart, you know, thanks for saving my life. Never! Dwayne Johnson shouted into the cold, coastal air and tried again to crawl away from the cop. There was no way that that son of a bitch Kevin Hart was going to one-hup him again. But he was tired and he was cold and, and he gave up after only a few inches of movement. He was pretty sure he had also pissed himself. Kevin Hart was going to be rubbing this in his face for as long as he lived. He could feel it in his bones. The end. So, let me just say, there's a little backstory behind this. Um, my family's from Guam. Um, and Guam, I should say, half of my family is from Guam. <laughs> and, um, and on Guam, there are these crackers that I grew up eating. And even though I didn't grow up on Guam, they were always sort of in my family's house. And they're called Navy crackers. Um, they are built out of what I assume is inedible cement and sadness. I remember, I mean, it's like jaw wrenching to take a bite of these things. They're horrible. And when you do, you have to hurry up and like chew it down before the dust just poofs and vanishes because they are built to be very shelf stable and they are they're horrible and I don't know why they popped into my head but I thought I I just can't remember the last time I had one I mean eight ten years and it was still terrible and probably still the same tin from when I was a little kid in my grandma's pantry because she just always just gobbled them up I don't know she could probably eat rocks at this point because her teeth are all trained to eat those things but they are horrible if you ever see a tin uh, a silver tin with a yellow label that says Navy <laughs> crackers on them. Do not eat them. They're terrible. They're horrible. Um, so anyway, that's this week's episode. And that's my little piece of life advice. Um, don't eat the crackers. Do enjoy all of the Jumanji movies. They're fabulous and fun. And Dwayne Johnson is, is a delight to follow on Instagram. I would recommend that. Um... Until next time, that's all I got. So, sleep well.